Welcome to Identity Church Sunday Morning Message, where sonship is revealed. Stay tuned at the end of this message to receive more information about resources available through Identity Church. Now grab your Bible, sit back, and enjoy a message from Identity Church that is already in progress. Please enter, uh, welcome Mr. Ryan Masters. How you guys doing? You good? Come on. I'm excited to be with you guys this morning. God put a word on my heart uh, last night and this morning, and I was writing some notes on uh, Pastor uh, Charlie's comfortable couch uh, this morning and some in the car when we rode over here. I'm not going to be real long today. We're going to pray then. <laughs> uh, no, I'm setting a timer in Jesus' name, but uh, we're going to have fun today. Um, but before I get into the word, I wanted to share some things with you prophetically that I was hearing in my heart. Um, God speaks to us prophetically, right? To inspire us, encourage us, convict us, right? To shift direction, to change our mindset right? And to even shift our expectation. Amen. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a minute. Um, But uh, I was in worship and the Lord spoke a few things to me. And uh, I just wanted to share this with you. I really believe the Lord wanted me to tell the church and the Lord wanted me to tell you guys, this is corporate word, but this is also like receive this personally. Don't look to your husband or your wife or to your neighbor and say, man, he's speaking to you. No, God's speaking to you. You know what I'm saying? God was speaking to me, but I really believe that we have entered into a season. You guys have entered into, and you've been in actually a season of sifting, But God said, I had to sift first before I shift. And I really believe that this is a season that God is sifting some things and God is going to be shifting some things. And the Lord said this, I had to sift and I have to sift your minds and hearts before I shifted or before I shift you into a new place. Because how many of you know that God wants you to have a new way of thinking before he shifts you into a new place? Because watch this, as a man thinks, so is he. So he has to sift your mindset, shift your mindset, so that when he shifts you positionally, you can steward properly the new location. Oh, so he said, I had to sift your minds and hearts before I shifted you into a new place. And he says, oh, I had to and I am sifting some things in you, but it's been and is for the sole purpose of shifting you into your new now. God says, you guys are about ready to be shifted into a new now. Come on, somebody. And your now, right now, is going to be your past. Come on, somebody. And your now is going to be your future. Like the thing that you believed and are believing for, that is a future thing. God says, I am sifting some things, prepping you. Come on, somebody. Before I promote you, but this is a season I'm bringing you into a new place. But I first had to shift the way you think so that you would steward properly that new place. Shoo. 
when my sister was speaking about the prophetic or about the sound, about the sound, the Lord reminded me of a vision that I had a few uh, years ago when I was in worship uh, at a Bethel event and the Lord, uh, Bethel worship event, and the Lord showed me, um, reminded me, I should say, of this uh, vision that I had of like a timeline. Okay, there was like this timeline in the spirit, and I saw music notes coming, you know, out from this timeline, like 1940s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. And he said, Ryan, he says, each era was marked with a new sound and a new movement. Come on, somebody. We're not doing the mashed potato now. Come on, somebody. I mean, the young people are doing a whole bunch of other different things, whipping and nay-naying and soldier boys and supermans and all kinds of crazy things. But he says each era, come on, somebody, was marked by a new sound that produced a new movement. And I really believe that the Lord wanted me to tell you that there's a new sound being shouted from the courts of heaven over this church right here. And I really believe that the Lord wanted me to encourage you guys that this is a season he's shifting you guys where even your movements are going to change come on somebody there's a new sound that's going to produce a new movement and the, the other thing that the Lord spoke to me, and, and, and I got to share this one, Psalms 37, verse 3, it talks about in the later part of that verse about feasting on his faithfulness. And I really believe that this is a season that God says you're going to feast, come on, on a new demonstration that is poured out of his faithful commitment to you. This is a season that you're going to be eating new bread, eating a fresh thing that is poured out of God's faithful commitment to you and God's affection and desire for you. But the Lord says, I had to prep you and I am prepping your hands so that you receive this gift, not with messy hands, but clean hands. Because listen, God's not going to give you a good thing to confirm that your corrupt heart is okay. Can I just say that again? God is not going to give you something good to confirm that your corrupt heart is okay. So God has given us clean hands in this season. God has given us a pure heart in this season. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now gripping my mouth. I really believe that this is a season that God says, I am cleansing the hands and the heart of the church as a whole so that we can receive what God has on his heart for us. I love this. Your sins be forgiven. Now take up your bed and walk. Yeah. Can I tell you something? God wants you to walk in a new place, but he's got to cleanse you before you enter that place. And I believe that this is a season of cleansing and restoration and healing to us as a church so that we can then rise up, be the church, and heal our land. But can I tell you something? A broken church will not heal a broken world. And I believe this is a season that God is fixing the church so the church can rise up as mighty soldiers with scalpels and band-aids in their hand and go heal the land that we do complain about sometimes. Mm. But I believe that this is a season that God is pouring out a new, a new thing that marks his faithful commitment to you and his love and his affection for you. Does this make sense? Mm. I don't even know if I'll preach my message yet, but let's just say, say here, because the Lord said this. He said, Ryan, he said, feast, 
This, you, you, you got tell them they're going to feast on my faithfulness. And if you don't believe he was faithful, then this is a word he gave me for you guys. Feast on my faithfulness. I want you to feast on my faithfulness right now. But he says, Ryan, he says, I want you to feast on my faithfulness. But if you don't believe he was faithful, then you'll have a hard time believing he'll be faithful now. Look at the cross and his faithful commitment to you. I love how David pulled from where God was faithful and it encouraged him and gave him a confidence that God would be faithful now. Man, sometimes you got to borrow an old testimony while you're producing a new one. Remember what he's brought you through while you're going through something and it will encourage you the same God is the same God that will do it now. Amen? Yeah. All right, there's me right there. Hey, I'm here myself back. Whoa. <laughs> Kevin was like, that was so good, I got to play it again. You know what I mean? All right, guys, we're going to jump right into this. Man, I am fired up. Y'all good? Y'all good? That was just some prophetic encouragement, okay? <laughs> But I'm telling you something. Whoa, I got to say this. The artwork of this place is going to shift. God's painting a new painting. I feel like God said I had to strip the paint from the past season. It was good. It was amazing. Amazing memory. Celebrate it, right? Archive it. But the Lord says I'm painting a new thing in this place. And pastor, I'm telling you something. Get ready because you even are getting ready to be shifted into a new level of favor that is going to blow your mind. And everything that you called favor in the past will look just as fair compared to the favor that is about ready to come upon your life. I just heard the Spirit of the Lord say that you have stepped into fair, but this is a season you're going to be stepping into a favor that makes you so uncomfortable. And I just heard the Spirit of the Lord say that he sifted you, but now you are in a place where you're being shifted. It starts with the head. And I see you partying in a new land and inviting your friends. And I just felt like this is a season that God says he is deepening and he is widening the anointing that is on your life. And I believe this is a season that there is going to be so many profound things that come out of your mouth. There is places, and I've even heard you say it, I'm not to that caliber. I'm not to that place. God says you're going to exceed that. You're going to go beyond that caliber. You're going to go beyond that place. Those people are just a benchmark, okay, to where God's going to take you and you're going to exceed that benchmark and set a new one in the prophetic, in the apostolic, and in pastoring. God says, I am raising a standard in the apostolic, and God says, I'm raising that standard in you, and then God is going to send you to raise the standard in the apostolic. Come on, somebody. He's going to cause you to go and raise a standard in the apostolic. The Lord says, people have got sloppy with the apostolic and with the prophetic, and the Lord says, yes, I'm sending you to clean them up and to raise them up and to put them into a standard of holiness. That is needed in the church and needed in those functions, if you will, not titles. Mm. 
God says, I'm going to use you to humble people that are fighting for a title. And you're going to develop something in them. We've talked about titles and function, but we're, you're going to put some, God's going to use you to put things in them to where they function, right? And not strive for a title. Mm. Man, the prophetic strong. All right now, can we just pray real quick? Can we just pray? Bow your heads. Father, I right now just take the authority that I believe we have as kings. And Father, I break every hesi- uh, hesitation. I, I break all resistance right now over this place in Jesus' name. Any re- Whoa, God says that the gate doors, the doors, the gates are opening up in this season. And it is time to enter into a new place. So Lord, I thank you for opening what needs to be open and breaking the bands of resistance over this place in Jesus' name. And every Everybody said, amen. Amen. All right, we're going to jump right into this. You all good? All right, good. All right, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to James chapter 1. We're going to just jump jump right into this. James chapter 1, and we're going to read a few verses here. I'm trying to get my Bible to work. James chapter 1, it's such a good chapter. I'd encourage you when you get home, read it all. Don't just watch a football game. But James chapter 1, verse 22, and it says this, James 1, 22, But prove yourself doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. I'm going to take a couple of minutes here and just have a discussion with you, and it will probably sound like preaching because I'll probably get my preach on here in a minute. But I want to title, I titled this message, or the Lord had me title this message, Don't Just Hear Him Out, Walk It Out. We could go home right there. Don't just hear him out, walk it out. See, we love what he says, but are we committed to what he says? Are we driven towards what he says? Do we long to be obedient to what he says? Or are we satisfied with just being entertained by what he says? Words are doors that point to the reality that God wants you to step into. Words are doors that introduce to you what God has for you and what he wants you to step into. There's a lot of people who have a whole bunch of words, but they're not dwelling in those words. They just admire those words. God didn't speak a word for you to hang it on the wall and be happy at what he said. He speaks the word to stir something in you to pursue what he says. God, watch this. God doesn't give you a word, come on somebody, to decorate your house with. He gives you a word to stir something inside of you, a conviction. I've got to have this. So don't just hear him out, walk it out. 
Mm-mm-mm-mm. And we're going to see somebody who had to do the very thing that I'm talking about right here. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis 18, and look at verses 10 through 15. Genesis chapter 18, and I want you to look at verses 10 through 15. I promise you I'm going to try to go as fast as I can, but I want to make sure I give you a meaty word. Is that okay? Genesis chapter 18, and I want us to look at a few verses here. Look at verse 10. There's so much to this story. I don't have time to read it all. But in verse 10, Genesis 18, verse 10, he says, this man that's speaking, this angel of the Lord that's speaking, the Lord that is speaking to Abraham says this in Genesis 18, verse 10. He said, I will surely return to you at this time next year, and behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the front door, which was uh, behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. Sarah was past childbirth or childbearing. Come on. Sarah laughed to herself saying, after I have become old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh saying, shall I indeed bear a child when I am so old? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you. And at this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Verse 15, Sarah denied it, however, saying, I didn't laugh for she was afraid. And he said, no, but you did laugh. Mm, 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 mm. Here's what the Lord was speaking to me. Because I want to give you a message on how to honor and steward your prophetic words. Because whenever you hear that a prophet's in town or you have a prophet in your church, you want, man, I want this word. I want a word. I want a word. I want a word. But how many of us are actually engaging with our word, fighting for our word, fighting with our word? Is we put it on our wall, we're like, oh man, isn't that cute? Look what God said. But when was the last time you warred over that word, cried out for that word, lingered for that word? But watch this, here in Genesis chapter 18, we just read some stuff, but here's one thing that the Lord showed me. Sarah's situation formed the wrong expectation. Her situation was what altered her expectation. How many of us have heard God say something, but our eyes are fixed, not on what he said, but what's happening around us or what's opposing us? And what is opposing us that we can see overtakes what we can't. And now what we see, the opposition we're in, forms the expectation that we have. We need, as a church, I believe, first of all, to break up with the wrong expectations because you'll always attract what you expect. You'll always attract what you expect. But you'll retreat and turn your back on what you should be, leaving, what you should be believing for. The Word of God should, and I believe the word of God sets the course for our expectations, and it shouldn't be the lies of the enemy. 
I got to ask you a question. What sets the course of your expectation? What you see or what you've heard. We are called to walk by faith, not by sight. So I just want to encourage you guys as we move on, the word of God should set the course for your expectation to follow. But my question is what sets the course of your expectation? The lies that you hear or the voice that comes from tender love, God himself. Hmm. Let me just move on. See, God was speaking something like the prophetic. God speaks some things that are hard for us to receive sometimes. They're so supernatural, but we're so caught up in the natural. We obsess over our inability and we forget about his ability. See, God knew we lived a life without him and we made a mess of our life. So, of course, God's going to speak things over you where you need him. If you're ever to succeed and step into those things, God's not going to speak something that you can handle on your own. He's going to speak something, uh, something over you where you have to depend on him for every morsel to be able to step into and gain access to what he has for you. Come on, somebody. God was speaking something that was hard for them to receive because they were looking at their inability because of their natural situation and condition. Watch this. I wrote this down this morning. When you obsess over the natural and what's happening and what's coming against you, human reasoning sets in and you start talking yourself out of why the supernatural will not work. And you end up rendering your faith in the supernatural inactive and you end up putting your faith in it not happening and therefore denying the supernatural access uh, the supernatural access to work in your life for faith in the supernatural makes a withdrawal from the supernatural for faith in the supernatural makes a withdrawal from the supernatural and then a deposit of the supernatural in your life takes place. It's like Peter walking on water. He's doing something supernatural, but then human reasoning sets into his mind. He analyzes his faith to death. He analyzes his faith to death. Faith without works is dead. So the faith that he had in the word that empowered empowered him to do the word and walk on water when he that faith was stripped when he analyzed things through human reasoning, wait, this does not make natural sense. And he began to sink. Do you know why a lot of people sink in life? Because they've analyzed their faith to death. We need to stop analyzing our faith to death and continue to be expectant over the word that has set the course for our life. Depending on him, having faith that he has the ability to do supernaturally what I can't alone in the natural. Is this all right? Hmm. 
So one of the things that I'm praying is, Lord, breathe on us, Lord. Breathe on us. Stir hope in us, Lord. Stir this faith in us, Lord. I wonder how many Christians gave up on what they believed 2020 was going to look like because of COVID. COVID has now set the course of our expectation rather than the word of God. If God spoke it before COVID, didn't you think he knew COVID was coming? I remember when COVID first struck, I have a ministry, I got a budget, and I'm freaking out. And the Lord said a couple years ago, I pulled you out of full-time pastoring into full-time itinerary, knowing this was going to happen. I didn't pull you out to fail you. I pulled you out to expand your understanding of my power. That even through catastrophe, even through struggle, I'm going to show up and show off. And I'm going to show you how bad I am. Can I tell you something? God loves to call you into the impossible. God loves to call you into the hard where you have to depend on him. Because he's the one that wants to get the glory. Not your strengths and your professionalism. Did you hear what I just said? God loves to take you places where your professionalism and your own personal success and strength fails because he says, I won't share my glory with another. So stop asking God to call you to what you have a strength for. Be submissive to what you don't have a strength for because you no longer live for yourself. You're living for him. And you want to give him glory, not you. God says, I'll call you to places where you're weak so that my grace is sufficient for you, but then I get the glory. He says, I ain't going to bring you places where I'm going to promote your flesh. I'm going to promote, I'm going to bring you to places that humble you and exalt me. Mm-hmm. Got to move on. Can I just say this? Some things that I saw in this story, just real quick, her location made her doubt God's work that would position them in his desire. Her location made her doubt God's work that would actually position them in his desire. I wonder how many times we get caught up in our location that we lose sight of the desire position God has for us. God doesn't reveal to you a place of plenty when you're in a place of poverty to mock you. He shows you a place of plenty to show you what he prepared for you through his son. To stir your expectations where you don't settle for your location, you fight until you're positioned in his desire. Let me just move on. One other thing I saw really quick, because watch this, when the prophetic comes, you're going to experience opposition. And you're going to want to give up on the word. But I'm just trying to encourage those who've been fighting. God wants to breathe on you and stir hope in you so you keep fighting for that word. And the greatest way you can, watch, the greatest way you can fight for the word is put your trust in the one who spoke the word and be completely devoted to him in intimacy, even through the opposition that was attracted because of the word he spoke. The greatest way you can fight for your word to come to pass is to seek the one who gave it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, uh, in all of his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. 
Watch this. Sarah had turned her back. She gave up, I believe, on having children. It says she was past childbearing. She was turning her back to what she would... She, she turned her back to, she gave up on something that she should have never turned back on. I really feel God is bringing healing and restoration to those who have been hurt and oppressed to a place where it actually causes you to turn your back back to something, where you turn back to something that you actually may have gave up on ever receiving. She had given up on the thought that I can't bear children anymore. I'm past my prime. But you know what I think is amazing? God was speaking to something and said, you know what? I'm going to bring you there because it's not past my desire for you. You're going to step into your prime. But she had turned her back to what she thought she would never be able to turn back to. I'll never be able to bear a child again. How many of you in this church maybe are that way? You're like, man, I'll never have that. Or I'm tired and, and this opposition's hard and I'm going to, I've turned my back to something that I should be pursuing. I want to encourage you guys. Maybe today is the day that God wants to touch you and he wants you to actually turn back to pursuing. Like where you turn back to the things that you had turned your back to. I'm not pursuing that anymore. You know what the Lord said to me while I was writing this down? I don't have it written down, but I have it in my heart. He's like, Ryan, I'm tired of seeing your butt. I want to see your face. He says, I'm tired of seeing your butt. <laughs> yeah. He says, I'm tired of seeing your butt. Turn toward my destiny for you. I want you to turn your face to where your face is enlightened by what I have for you. And you will pursue it with this new hope and anticipation that it will be fulfilled. Mm. You guys good? Huh. <laughs> Listen, yeah. Listen, guys. In that moment, she saw herself as being inactive and not productive. But what God was saying is, I'm going to take that which was inactive and it's going to become active. Some of you have put yourself on the list of being inactive. I believe God sent me to speak into your life that God wants to stir you from the place of being inactive to a place of being active. Well, brother, I'm resting right now. Can I tell you something? If God didn't ordain that rest, I was telling pastor this morning something he dropped in my spirit. He said, Ryan, he says some people call it rest. I call it rebellion. That's what the Lord said to me. The Lord's, and I told pastor it a couple times. Not that, I'm not saying, no, 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 no. I'm not saying it's pastor. I'm not saying it's pastor. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. But I'm saying the Lord spoke to me and he said, Ryan, some people say they're just resting. And yes, God ordains rest. I'm not saying that, okay? God wants us sometimes to pull back. But sometimes we're pulling back saying it's God, but we're really retreating because we doubt God and we don't know if it will ever be fulfilled in our life. And some of us are calling it rest when God calls it rebellion. I'm tired of looking at your butt. 
I want to see your face turn towards your destiny and pursue it. You guys good? Those things in her life, though, there was things inactive in her life that God started to become active. Can I tell you something? This is the other thing. Those things which were non-productive became productive. Can I just encourage you guys? Some of you right now are just frustrated because it doesn't seem like anything is productive. I'm telling you, if God's hand is on it and you're pursuing it, you're about ready to see a shift where things that seem not productive are going to become so productive in your life it's going to blow your mind. Because if God ordained a plan, he'll back up the plan. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say that those things which were non-productive will become productive. She had passed her prime, but God says, baby, I'm taking you out of that, and I'm bringing you into your prime, and you're going to have yourself a baby. And he's going to, watch this, it's gonna, he's going to be birthed, uh, conceived, and then birthed, and he's going to change your world and change the world. Can I tell you something? Whenever God says, man, here's a prophetic word for you, he wants you to pursue it because he wants to change your world, but he also is conceiving something in you that he wants you to fight for, labor for, and birth that will change the world of somebody else. I was called into the ministry at a very young age, at the age of 12, preached my first message at the age of 15. It changed my world. But can I tell you something? God's sending me into the world, operating in that prophetic calling, changing the world. I mean, I'm not doing as God through me, but you understand what I'm trying to say. See, the enemy is trying to limit the impact. He's trying to stunt the growth of impact through you by stopping the word from penetrating your heart where you have a great conviction to pursue it. Because he knows of the impact. Mm, 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 mm. I love this because she's past her prime. God gives her a prophetic word. He don't care. Can I tell you something? The prophetic word doesn't care where you are. The prophetic word points to where he wants you to be and what he's called you to be and what he preordained you to be. But I love this because God loves using you to prove to you that the enemy is a liar. I'm past my prime. And then they come together. And now she has a baby bump. Oh my gosh, God used her to prove the enemy wrong to her. God loves using you to prove to you that the enemy's a liar. Mm. What's that? (laughs) I'm going to say what you wouldn't say. Listen, a prophetic word is the spermos of God word. Spermos. It's a seed. So when you receive a prophetic word of this caliber and you're past your childbearing years, you have to be intimate with the word to actually get pregnant. That cancels you and your, 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 your old, your old age, your old season, your past thing. But if you don't become, you'll just be practicing to get pregnant. You'll never get pregnant. There you go. There it is. Only Charlie could say something like that. You know what I mean? Come on. And I was going to get there, but okay. No, I wasn't going to say that, though. I wasn't going to say that. (laughs) Getting back to what you have given up on for one reason or another is what I'm trying to stir you guys up for. But also, watch this. They go on to, we know this, Sarah and Abraham, Abraham, they they go on to expect and accept the word of God. 
They came together and they conceived. Faith without works is dead. I remember the Lord gave me a word. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm not too much longer here, but I, I remember the Lord gave me a word at the beginning of this year. I was crying. I'm like, God, I want more. Uh, Lord, even finances in the ministry and this I want more of and this is I want more of. He says, Ryan, he says, you have what you need and then some. He says, when are you going to go and get the empty vessels like the widow did and believe I'll fill them? He says, you obsess over the plenty, but I'm asking you to set your face to the little, to the empty out of faith, believing I'll fill it. See, we love to ignore the empty by looking at the full. But that's where you become complacent. God wants to stir us to actually set our affections to see empty places filled. And he says, Ryan, you didn't build no storehouse for me in faith, believing I'll fill it. So I told my wife this. She's like, well, what are you going to dream for? What vessels are you going to build? What, what, what rooms are you going to build? And I'm like, Lord, I, I want this. And I, I told him, and within two days, I had two people that said they would pay for my Brazil trip in full. I was willing to set my affections and my direction towards something that was empty. And the Lord gave me plenty to make sure I could get down to Brazil. And then COVID hit, and I'll be going in January. But anyways, but it's paid for. See, I had to accept the word, expect the word, release it, be intimate with it, and then God conceived something amazing. Yeah, hey, there you go. That's true. Uh, see, they partnered with God. See, Holy Spirit partnered with God at creation. God spoke, and it says the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the earth. Do you know hovering is a reproductive word? So he was producing on earth or reproducing on earth the very things that were in heaven and in the heart of God. We get to partner with God and we get to partner with Holy Spirit to become pregnant and to actually birth things of God. We actually get to, like, through our acceptance and obedience, we actually partner with Holy Spirit who then conceives and births through us what would never be birthed without that partnership. And that's what happened here. Ah. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Here's what I thought was really cool. They laid their eyes on what was desiring. They laid their eyes on things that were waiting to see their reflection in Abraham and Sarah's eyes. I know that sounds weird, but God brought into view things in him that were wanting and waiting and anticipating to see, metaphorically now, their reflection in Abraham and Sarah's eyes. What are you talking about? There is things that you will only find if you seek. And when you seek, God will reveal to you prophetically what he has. Those things he reveals to the seeker were anticipating, waiting, couldn't wait to see their reflection in your eyes because you laid your eyes on them by seeking him. So he reveals to them things that they now capture. It captivates their heart. They accept it and they walk it out. Now listen, I'm finishing with this. Sarah and Abraham had to come together intimately 
to conceive what God had personally released. They partnered with God and then the Spirit of God empowered the egg and the semen to do its thing to make her pregnant. Just like our partnership in obedience and love with God and intimacy in God, I just love you, here I am. And Holy Spirit comes and then births in us crazy things. Finishing with this though. Abraham was going to do an enjoyable thing. Sarah was also going and doing an enjoyable thing. There's no kids, right? Well, right? There isn't. (laughs) Abraham and Sarah had to come together and do an enjoyable thing. But this is what the Lord said to me. He says, people love to do the enjoyable thing. But when they think about carrying, changing, and having to labor for something, they back away. Sometimes we don't accept the word of God because, man, it's like, God, I just want the words that make me feel good. I just want a word that makes me feel good, God. I don't want to have to carry it. I don't want to have to change because of it. And I don't want to have to labor for it. The Bible says the harvest is ripe, but the labors are few. Why? People want harvest, but they don't want to labor for it. We want the good word and we want to sit on a spiritual lazy boy and wait for it to be dished up. But God says, I'm not your maid. He's like, I'm not your woman that can you can control and tell me to woman bring me food. No, he says, man, I am giving you something to set your course of what you should pursue, what you should desire, what you should be obedient for, what you should fight for. And a lot of us don't want to fight. Because we love what is permissible and we love what is freely given to us, but we wrinkle our nose at responsibility that we gain us access to what we want. See, we want the enjoyable words, and I love the enjoyable words, and they are all good words. But how many of you know, yes, God will give it to you through his grace. But how many of you know there is some things you got to fight for? There's opposition that comes that I've just been talking about. And a lot of people, they don't want that opposition, so they don't want to accept the word. (sighs) She had to carry something. A lot of us don't want to carry the load that does come with the word. She had to change. She literally physically started to change. See, a lot of us don't want to change. God, just give me the word and let me be myself. But I told you earlier, God's not going to give you, watch this, God's not going to give you a good thing to confirm your corrupt heart. I already said that, but I got to say it again. So watch this. We want what is good and and acceptable. Man, Lord, I want the good and acceptable, the day of the Lord. But can I tell you something? We don't want confrontation, conviction, challenge. We don't want to go through a process. She had to go through a process. Sometimes we're intimate with the word to a certain degree. We're only intimate to conceive, but yet we're not willing to birth. We don't want to push. We don't want to press. We don't want to be oppressed or challenged or experience opposition. And so we cower back and we retreat from pursuing that word because it's easier to live in the place that you had before the word than it is sometimes to pursue the word. 
But I want to encourage the lazy Christians to get off of your butt. Stop turning your back to what God's calling you to. Be stirred. Actually listen to God. Be intimate with Him. And pursue what He has for you. Now I'm ending with this, I promise. Watch. The prophetic word points to the prosperous pasture that Jesus prepared for you. But at the end, watch this. The prosperous pasture always, I believe, lies at the end of a rugged path called process. Did you hear what I just said? (laughs) Sometimes a prosperous pasture always lies at the end And the prosperous pasture, man, is what God says is permissible. This is what I want to have for you. But the rugged path is the responsibilities and instructions that are attached to that word that you need to follow through with by faith if you're ever to lie down in the prosperous pasture. You've got to first put your boots on and walk through the manure-laid path sometimes. But it's the manure that you might curse that is actually blessing you and fertilizing you and prepping and preparing you for the prosperous pasture that you one day will lie in and enjoy and steward. At the, watch this. Jesus' prosperous pasture, we get to all lie in, and that's called salvation. But that salvation lied laid at the very end of a path called the old rugged cross see we want to live in the word but we don't want to die for the word you missed it you missed it crucifying your flesh changing shifting some attitudes going from i want this because of my pride to i want this because of my humility Do you want what God has for you because of your pride or but or God, I, I thank you that that will be my reward of humility. But see, listen, 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 y'all. Jesus provided salvation for all of us, but he had to die first. There are some places that God wants to take you, but you got to first die first. God, clean your heart, clean your hands so that you can step in and steward properly with clean hands and a pure heart the things that he has for you. He's not going to promote you into something that promotes more pride. He's going to promote you because of humility that will actually, when he promotes you, humble you more. God's prophetic prosperous pastures that he has for you is not to promote your pride. The prosperous prophetic things that he has for you is actually to promote your humility. So when Sarah comes to, with Abraham, she's saying, I gotta, I'm going to labor for this. I'm going to long for this. Might be hard. I'll get cankles. Might get a double chin. <laughs> Might get a big old belly. My back's going to hurt. I mean, she was old, y'all. But you know what I think is crazy? God gave her the capacity to do it. The enemy will try to tell you you don't have the capacity to carry this because he never, he watch it, he wants you to give up on carrying it because you are thinking about how hard it might be to birth it. He wants to get you to give up on carrying it because he doesn't want you to have the pleasure of holding it. 
very thing that Sarah was willing to carry, she eventually held. A lot of us are carrying a lot, but we're not holding a lot because we're just admiring what God spoke up and about. But we're not actually walking out and pursuing Him and the Word to become manifested. So a lot of us are carrying, but very few are holding because we're not willing to labor. Guys, I, there, there has been seasons of opposition in my life that have been crazy, and pastor has really been giving me clarity. It shifted me into a new place. And I got the word, and I was like, man, that place looks pretty. I can't wait. And then opposition comes. <laughs> but you know what? God says what the enemy meant to stop, what the enemy sent to try to stop your, this is what the Lord said to me, what the enemy meant to, to use to stop your process in progress, God is actually using as a catalyst into the very tools and the nature and the maturity that we need to step into what he has for us properly. I'm carrying a lot, but I don't want to just carry, Pastor. I want to hold. And I believe we hold, we hold when we're willing to carry. Pray, receive counsel, be nurtured. Amen? Stand with me all over the church. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Mm. It just feels good to birth that. It just feels so good. <laughs> I think something that I said was why I fought last night in bed before I spoke what I said, spoke what I spoke. Guys, you don't understand your pastor and others. We're willing to fight opposition for you. Are you willing to fight opposition for him? Knowing that he equips you and empowers you for battle. Does this make sense? I said enough. Bow your heads. Father, I just bless these brothers and sisters, and I thank you for the word that was released, and I pray that something became a seed for someone, and I thank you it's going to reap something profound and something great. Father, bless this word and bless the people that received it, and even those who rejected it. <laughs> bless them both, Lord. Encourage the heart that accepts it and convict the heart that hasn't. In Jesus' name. Amen. This is what I want us to do real quick. I feel a great conviction in my heart for this. First thing, if you're sitting here and maybe you turned your back to, and like all God is seeing, and I'm saying this respectfully, but all God's seeing is your hinder parts, your butt. Because <laughs> you turned your back to a prophetic word or to a promise it wasn't working. You're like, I'm just turning my back. I've turned my back to it. It's too painful. I'm just done. But maybe you're convicted today to say, I'm going to turn back to what I had turned my back to. I'm going to return. I'm going to turn my back back 
I'm going to turn back to God. I'm going to turn back to this thing that I gave up on pursuing. I was that one that want, didn't want to labor. I was that one that didn't want to pursue. I know, but I'm convicted now and I'm stirred. And I want to turn back to what I should have never turned my back to. It's like the prodigal son. And I'm not saying sin, this isn't like an article for salvation. If you need Jesus, man, we're here to pray for that too. But I'm here to say it's like the prodigal son in the, in the, in, 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 in the pig's pen. He comes to his senses. Maybe you're coming to your senses right now. And he returns home. He turns back and comes back to what he should have never turned his back from. He, sh- he, he turned back to what he should have never left. I believe that's what God was doing in the church, in the body of Christ as a whole during COVID, causing us to come back to where we should have never left. But maybe you left the prophetic promise, re- re- you know, and you regret it. Don't regret it. Be convicted and turn back to what you should have never left. Return back to that promise. Turn back to that place of obedience. Turn back to that place of commitment. Turn back to that place of willingness to do what it takes to get what God wants for you. God takes such delight in seeing you step into his dreams. It's God's good pleasure to give you the things of the kingdom. And maybe you gave up on the kingdom somehow. You're still a Christian. You love God, but you're like, that area, I'm just, it's a no-go. Maybe you gave up on ministry because it was too hard. Maybe your rest is actually rebelling and you know it and you need to come back and get active in the thing God's calling you to. I'm, listen, guys, I'm not saying, you know, uh, tiredness and burnout isn't a thing. Like I, in December, I'm sitting for a month so that I can rise in January and stand strong. Not because I'm burned out. It's, it's, it's just what I feel like the Lord is telling me to do. Maybe you've been sitting, but God's asked you to get up, and now you think you're still resting, but you're in rebellion, and God wants to call you out of it. But if any of that applies to you, I want you to come up right now. I have to do this. If you feel like there's something that you were compelled to do and maybe you were doing it, but then you had turned your back to it and you're like, today as I come up, I'm returning back to what I should have never left. Again, I'm not saying this is like an altar call for salvation. This is just like, God, I'm coming back to what I should have never left. Yeah, come up. Yeah, you guys are close to the stage. Thank you. Now, the last, the next thing, if you've been wounded and hurt, you're still on the battleground, you're still walking down the path, you're still pursuing God, but you're like, man, God, I am tired and I feel like turning my back to this thing. (laughs) I'm not convicted or compelled to to turn to this thing. I want to actually turn back, turn, run. (laughs) If that's you or you're wounded or hurt, on the battlefield, and you just need God to come and touch you and heal you uh, because of people and what they did or what the enemy's been doing or just you're fed up because things aren't working. Oh, for those people that just came up, you're fed up because certain things aren't working and you feel like giving up, but maybe you're compelled to say, you know, I'm going to keep on going. And maybe you're wounded and hurt because of the path you've been on and you're tired of being in the battle and you've been wounded because of the battle. Let me give this word to you. The Lord just wanted me to tell you, he's accelerating the things in your life that first started out as slow. The things that started out slow are about ready to be accelerated. Your labor is not in vain. I'm saying this to those All of you, whoever wants to receive it, your labor is not in vain, but the Lord says you will feast on the fruitfulness if you're willing to wait out the seed time. Oh, 
I got to say that again. God says, if you're willing to wait out the seed time, you'll eat the fruit from the seed. I hope that makes sense, Pastor, but I, I felt like you're going to eat the seed if you're patient enough to wait out the seed time. So, Lord, we bless that in Jesus' name. Before we pray for you, uh, it's Nessie, right? I overheard in the natural conversation, you said your your, snooze, your shoes just snapped. You know what I mean? They just broke. You know what I mean? And I don't, I don't mean to bring attention to that. I'm just saying I heard that. But whenever you were getting my coffee and I heard that, the Lord spoke to me and he said, Ryan, he says, I'm causing things that she's walked in in the past to snap and to break. And this is a season that you're stepping into new territory. You're going to walk into new places, new territory, and you're going to actually walk in new shoes. The Lord says, there is, there is it's metaphorically shoes I asked you to take off and you didn't, but I'm breaking them off in Jesus' name. What you feel emotionally tied to, what you feel physically tied to, uh, spiritually tied to. God's breaking things that you're not meant to be tied to in this season. God's even breaking things that you're uh, tied to that you've been walking in that like you don't want to walk in. You know what I'm saying? And it's like maybe there's some things that you're walking in you don't want to walk in. God's snapping those and breaking those things off of your feet as well. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say that this is a season of new, this is a season of fresh, this is a season of just brand new shoes in the prophetic. And I feel like you know, I'm not, I, I don't have the authority in this place to commission you to, into anything, but I do know there's going to be new functions and new shoes that you're going to walk in. Things that you feel emotionally attached to, that's going to be broken. But the things you don't want to be tied to and you're emotional because you're tied to them, God's untying the shoes it, oh, wow. God says you, all, you almost feel spiritually the shoes were untied and you're tripping over the shoelaces. You're like, God, okay, you untied it, but they're not off yet. And I'm tired of being you know, tied to these things, walking in these things. I, I heard the Lord say that this is a season that he's snapping the shoes off and he's, taking the la uh, he's removing the laces and taking the shoes off. And you'll walk in new, new, new in this season. Thank you, God. So I want you guys to do this. If you're standing up front or you're behind the one standing up front, I want you to just grab hands real quick. Father, I pray first of all for amazing healing in the name of Jesus. I pray for amazing healing in the name of Jesus. I pray for an amazing breakthrough right now in the name of Jesus. I do pray, Jesus, that you, Jesus, would uh, uh, increase and bring acceleration. Increase and bring acceleration to, to things that may have started out slow in Jesus' name. I pray, God, that you bind the brokenhearted, mend the brokenhearted, heal the brokenhearted, restore the brokenhearted right now. Bring life, bring vibrancy to those who have been held back because of exhaustion or tiredness. And Father, I pray right now for just a season where they're going to step in and just feast on your faithful commitment to them and the word that you spoke to them. Whoa, I prophesy that you're stepping into a season that you're going to feast on 
the faithfulness of God, the fulfillment of God's word, and you're going to feast on his faithfulness, the faithful commitment that he has towards you in the word. You're going to feast on that faithfulness by seeing a fulfillment of these words in Jesus' name. I see the breath of God right now in this place. Breathe, Holy Spirit, and he's animating the bones that formed but they're not active or animated. It's like Ezekiel. He spoke to the bones. They came together and formed human beings. And then the spirit of God breathed. He prophesied to the breath and the breath breathed on the bones and they lived. If you look at the word live in the Hebrew, it means they became and animated. They became in motion. So Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would breathe on the words that are God that they're holding on to. But I also pray you blow off of them words that they shouldn't hold on to. Lies or, 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 or deceiving things, Lord. Blow that off of them. But Father, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would breathe on them and that they would just see an animation, uh, 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 their promises in motion right now in Jesus' name. And I'm going to have Pastor Charlie in a minute pray apostolically because, man, he's the authority in this place as well. But he is. But I just pray, God, that these would be released, God. We thank you for their hearts. We pray, God, those who are exhausted, those who turn their backs to what you've promised and maybe they've given up or they're just tired of pursuing it because it's not working. Father, I thank you that you're encouraging their hearts right now. I thank you for encouraging their minds right now. And I thank you Father God, right now, that they're motivated to step up and to run after, Father, the things that you have for them. And Father, I thank you that this will be a season that they feast on your faithful commitment to them and your word, and they'll see how good and faithful you are by seeing the fulfillment of the words in Jesus' name. God, I pray right now that you would break off all deception, all hindrance, all resistance in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray right now that you would pour out God just a deeper hunger for the things of you. I pray that you would stir a deeper motivation to pursue the things of you. And Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for what you're doing and what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Rodney, I heard the Lord say that he loves you. No, I heard the Lord say I heard the Lord say that this is a season that God says you got, I heard what you said in the natural yesterday, but the Lord said this t- towards that, because I was thinking about you, man, and uh, and what you were saying and, and stuff yesterday, and, and I heard the Lord say this he, just now. He said, Ryan, tell him that that uh, he's going to get a new skip in his step for things, because he's going to have a fresh per- uh, perspective that's going to create a shift in his beha- your behavior that's going to cause you to do an old thing differently and new. And the Lord says partially why you were exhausted is because you were operating in old revelation towards a thing. But the Lord says, I'm giving you fresh manna, fresh truth, fresh revelation that will project a a fresh perspective in you, which will change what you do. Come on, somebody in the things that you're called to. Oh, I heard the Lord say, I'm going to give you a fresh perspective that changes how you project things and 
and and and what you do uh, in the areas that you are called to. The enemy is trying to get you to obsess over the old, live in insanity to where you burn up, dry up, and walk away. But the Lord says, I've still called you to those things, but I'm elevating you in a new way. I, I'm elevating you in a new operation, a new movement. I, I'm gonna op- You're going to operate different. You're going to project things different because I see these manifestations of divine truth wrapping your brain, blowing off the ashes of mourning, and he's wrapping your head up with this 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 uh, gladness, with this joy, with this beauty, and you're going to have a fresh proje- uh, perspective that is going to shift what you project in what you do, and it's going to revolutionize what you do. It's going to get you excited over what you do, and I heard the Spirit of the Lord say that this is a season that he is bringing you into uh, a new, like drinking a new wine, because God says, if you knew it or not, I was actually producing a new wineskin in you, strengthening you, breaking down what I didn't want in you and building up what I did. And the Lord says, this is a season that you are going to experience a new wine. This is a season for a fresh anointing, a fresh power, a fresh uh, message, a fresh wa- uh, wine, a fresh anointing is coming upon you in this hour. You might have felt broken down, but God was says, I was actually building you up. And you're going to start noticing a greater maturity. And I heard the Lord say this, my friend, that this is a season that God says, I change what you do and what you're called to. But the Lord also wanted me to say that there is things that you and your family has been praying for, prophesying, uh, declaring, and, and wanting. And I felt like the Lord says, this is a season that things come into maturity. This is a season that things come into maturity. You sowed the seed, and now you're going to see the seed break the ground. And this is a season that things are about ready to become strong and mature. The Lord says there is things on the back burner that very few people know. And you're just saying it's in the baby stages right now. But I heard the Spirit of the Lord say that this is a season that it's growing up to adulthood. Things are going to mature. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say that this is a season that, oh, the things that have made you bow will bow before you. Come on, somebody. And I'm not saying the Lord. Of course, the Lord's not going to bow to you. But I hear the Lord say the things that brought you to your knees are going to fall to their knees. This is a season of conquering great things. This is a season that what you thought you felt tied to and hooked with and never being free. You don't, you didn't even know if you'd be free from it. The Lord says, but yet you kept praying and you kept believing the things that you feel tethered to or the tethers are being snapped in this season. And the Lord says the things that tried or did bring you to your knees. Ha ha ha. The Lord says actually made something in you because I was with you. And the Lord says that there's this authority rising in you, this deeper anointing rising in you. God says, I prepared the wineskin for greater wine of maturity, a greater wine of authority, a greater wine of anointing. And those things which made you bow will bow before you, says the Lord. And those things that you said have just been in its baby stages are about ready to grow into adulthood. Thus saith the Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Babashita. I'm not promising to prophesy over everyone in the room right now, but I'm just going to walk, walk with God, and we're going to close this out by an apostolic blessing over all of you guys, okay? And I'm just going to honor this man in this house and do that in just a second. But let's see what God says, right? Come on. 
well, I heard the Lord say this for the both of you. I heard the Lord say, he shifted your hearts, but your location hasn't shifted yet. It's almost like you have a heart for something new, a heart for something fresh, a heart for a new location. But the Lord says your heart has shifted, but your location hasn't. And I just heard the Lord say, your heart has shifted. And where your heart has shifted, like, God, we long for this. We desire this. I believe that God is positioning you where your heart is already positioned, if that makes sense. God translated your heart. Now God's going to translate your bodies. Oh, I don't even, I hope that makes sense. Like, like your heart's there, but your bodies aren't there. But yet your bodies are going to be there, not just your hearts. Man, our heart is there. Our heart is there. Our heart is there. It's like you're saying my heart is in a different place than where I am right now. But the Lord says, what are you waiting for? Pack up the suitcases, jump in the car, and come. Come, come, come. This is a season, and I, 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 I'm, I'm asking permission to say, God is saying, come. You know what I mean? Draw yourself. Separate yourself from things that maybe you're emotionally tied to, but your heart's not tied to. And the Lord says, come, 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 because the Lord says that this place that I'm sending you is going to have new memories. It's going to have new moments that are creating new memories. And the Lord says it's going to be greater than the memories that you're holding on to. Now don't take from those memories, but God says, I'm just going to build you up and I'm going to bless you with new memories that are going to anoint you and bless you, says the Lord. So Lord, I bless these two and I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you are shifting them in this season physically, maybe where their heart already is. Father, I pray right now any soul ties would be broken from the past and that they would just be excited about what they're about ready to step into in the future. And wow, I just heard the Spirit of the Lord say that you both are about ready to lay your hands on a prosperity that you never had before. A prosperity that you never had before. A prosperous thing you're going to lay your hands on. Your eyes are there, but your hands will be touching it and holding it. So, Father, I thank you for that increase. Whoa! God says the recovery and the restoration will be far greater than the damage that you've experienced recently. God says the damage, this is Jesus. (laughs) The damage that you guys have experienced in the past, the recovery and the restoration is going to be far greater than the blows of devastation that took place in the past. So, Father, I pray you bring healing. I pray that you bring restoration. And I pray that you bring breakthrough right now in the name of Jesus, whatever that means, and I'll just leave that alone. But, Father, I thank you. God says you're going to be so overwhelmed by the restoration where you're almost going to be like, God, you know, that's pretty darn good. I was mourning what I lost, but, man, look what I've gained. So, Lord, we bless that in Jesus' name. Whoa. And God says this is a season that where you thought his love failed, you're going to see it doesn't fail. His love doesn't fail. His love doesn't fail. I heard Bill Johnson say this, impossible is our inheritance in the kingdom. God says to you that this impossible thing is actually your inheritance. It's just impossible. I don't think that it's impossible to be healed, recover, receive it. The Lord says, no, 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 no. That's your inheritance. Gosh, that's your inheritance. You have the capacity to be able to do it through the Holy Spirit. And God says, just get ready because you're about ready to see something completely flip 
Something's about ready to completely flip. And it's going to turn your world right side up. If the enemy can blow us and turn our, our world upside down, why can't God give us a bigger blow and turn our world right upside up? I have one more and I'm going to give it to Pastor. I guess. We'll see. Father, right now, I just bless this young man right here. Mm -hmm. Whoa. What was meant to break you, God says, was actually developing an authority in you because it didn't break you. And I see you walking under a mantle of great authority in this season. And I just felt like the Lord says that what your hands are currently on is going to prosper. What your hands are on is going to prosper. I felt like the Lord says you've been working, working, working. It's like I saw you swinging the hammer and you're like, God, when is my day? You know what I mean? Or I see you, you know, plowing or I see you. I don't know what, I just saw you working hard and you're like, God, when is this going to happen? And the Lord says, this is a season he wipes this, uh, the, whoa, this is a season he wipes, wipes the sweat off of your brow. And this is a season that he put you in front of the AC. And I said, Lord, what in the world does that mean? He said, Ryan, he says he's been working for this almost to the point of striving, but I'm taking him out of striving and I'm sending him into a place that he can only obtain through me. A place of ease, a place of rest, a place of comfort, a place of breakthrough, a place, a place of victory, a place of goodness. The prodigal son, when he returns home, he gets a, he gets a, uh, he gets a robe and, and, and a new robe, and the, and the dad says, go put the best robe on this man, my boy. That means the most honorable. And he gets a ring, and he gets sandals, and I think this is crazy. He got a whole new wardrobe change. The thing that the Lord wanted me to tell you, that this is a season that you're about ready to experience a whole new world, uh, wardrobe change, a whole new shift uh, uh, in things. Uh, God says you're getting new attire that is tailored for you. God says, new attire, new function. God's going to promote you in this season to uh, promote you something that is far beyond what you've been working hard for. And I believe this is a season that God has taken you from striving to stewarding something. You were never meant to strive, but maybe you were hungering and thirsting for something. This is a season of drinking. This is a season of stewarding the very thing that you could have potentially been striving for. And I feel like situations and circumstances are about ready to get a new wardrobe change. The father doesn't like what it's wearing, so he says, strip it off and put the new ring, the new sandals, and the new uh, robe on my boy. But I love this because he says, go get the most honorable robe. That means get the best for him. And I'm sure the prodigal son was like, man, I don't feel worthy of this. But it wasn't about, is his son worthy of it? The question was, was this worthy for his son? And I feel like God is going to put something on you that he says, this is redeemed. This is, this is, this means most honorable. This is worthy to be with my son. It's not, is my son worthy of it? Is, is it worthy of my son? And the last thing I heard the Lord say that this is a season of redemption. This is a season of redemption. This is a season you see your redemption and the redemption will unfold and you won't see it maybe at first because it doesn't look like what you want, but God says it's what you need. But redemption, redemption, redemption is coming. And I saw God with like a sudsy, soapy uh, 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 sponge wiping and clearing things that were behind you and bringing you into a bright future that's before you. God is wiping clean 
what tried to hurt you. God's bringing redemption in this season, and God's got great things for you in the future. Father, I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, come on. Come on. Is God good? Come on. Let's let's stretch our hands towards these guys. What? Oh my gosh. Come on, Lord. Sure it is. I prophesy that, man. Why, can I tell you something? May, may, may things break that you've been walking with and walking through. Like, may, may there be a break. And I prophesy that over you guys. I heard the Lord say that there's going to be a break from what you've been walking in. And there's going to be a breakthrough in what you've been walking in. Come on, somebody. Well, that's like Nestle's. It's a little different now. I see great breakthrough. I saw, I heard the word uh, breaker anointing over you two, and I feel like God is breaking the yokes that have been upon you that have been heavy and that have been burdensome. And I see you taking on his burden that is easy and his yoke that is light. And I just see a lightness coming, a freedom coming, a breakthrough coming. And I just heard the Lord say that he's breaking up the path. He's breaking down, neutralizing, removing it as if it doesn't exist, the path that you've been on. And this is a season of stepping into newness, stepping into life, stepping into newness. And I felt like the Lord says that I need to change the behavior, the old behavior, because you can't bring an old behavior into a new season. And I see a breaking down and a removing of those things that you can't take with you where you're going. So don't get upset. Don't be freaked out. Why is this breaking? The Lord says, I've got to break this off so I can put this on and bring you in to a new thing. And I felt like God is breaking mindsets, breaking your heart in a good way. And I feel like God says this is a season that whatever your hearts have been broken over, God is mending and healing and restoring your broken hearts. In Jesus' name, do it, God, right now. God can fix what seems to be unrepairable. And I feel like this is a season of repair. But I see God doing a creative miracle in you guys, a creative miracle in you guys, that God's not just going to fix what was broken. God is just manifest something new, something brand new. Don't bring up an old problem. It would just create a new issue. God says, I want you to just focus on me renewing you guys, refreshing you guys. And I see crazy creative miracles. Come on, somebody. Crazy creative miracles coming into your lives where it's going to completely revolutionize things in your life. This is a season God is overturning the old and creating a revolution with the new. This is a season that God is creating a revolution with the new. And I just feel like this is a renewal season, a refreshing season. This is a season that the Lord says that you're going to get new toys. You're going to play with new things. This is a season of new, new, new. Maybe you lost this over here, but ah, don't focus on that. Get excited for what you're going to gain right here. This is a season of gaining. And the last thing I've got to say to you guys is your praise will see you through. And I see the enemy falling in the midst of your praise. Give God praise and you're going to see God like Jehoshaphat saw God. You're going to see God set an ambush against your enemies. And I see enemies falling. I see enemies falling. And I see that this being a season where you're going to devour. Ah, come on. You're going to eat 
what the enemy tried to lie to you and say you would never eat. I see him, God preparing a table before your enemies and you're going to eat what the enemy said you would never eat. It may seem impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And this is a season that you reach the impossible destination. This is a season you reach the impossible. Now there's things you're going to have to change and shift and fix and do and clean up. But the Lord says, baby, just, babies, just know it's me sifting you, changing you so that you can properly steward what I have for you. But I heard the Lord say, this is a new day. And God says, weeping may, may have endured for a while, but I see great joy, great joy coming because your mourning is coming and piercing the horizon in Jesus name. We bless them. And God, I thank you for an unbreakable strength coming upon them through your grace that causes them to fight for each other and not against. The Lord wanted me to tell you this. Don't be each other's greatest battle. Just continue to assist each other in the battle. And you're going to see victory break the horizon and rise on your behalf. So God, we bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fernando, I heard the Lord say, you know, there's, there's, when promotion comes, you go from labor to management. And you've come from labor to management, but you haven't believed for the corner office. There's an executive anointing on you, which will turn into an entrepreneur anointing. And the season of the executive anointing is going to train you for greatness. But you haven't believed for the corner office yet. Grab it. I can tell you the conviction I have sitting here in the same amount of time and space you have. The Lord says you have not valued the prophetic words that have carried you to this point. Go back and reread them. Go back and reinvestigate what I promised that you have not been able to see. So I'm going to take away today. My takeaway is to go revisit his promises. And find out what I have turned my back on. Knowingly and unknowingly. And I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to revisit it. Can I get an amen? How many have turned your back on a healing and you're still wrestling with that disease? You know what I'm saying? God is looking for people that will believe Him so He can show off. Just like the corner office. Trust me, in the natural, you're not worthy of it. But you're supernatural. The one requirement is, do you believe? Do you believe? One of the prophecies that I was unwinding in my head. This prophet called me out. I was down in Orlando. Susie was not there, and he started prophesying 20 minutes. He said, I see you and your wife like two mules. Hooked to the same plow, but pulling in different directions. But I'm going to turn you into two thoroughbreds running in the same race 
at the same pace. That's what I got. I ha- so as I was reviewing this in my memory, in that same prophecy, he said, you'll get on the plane. You'll pay for the school. You'll do the work of the ministry. And see, I think we forget that he will anoint and give us the grace to do it, even though we've developed a, I'd rather you see my hind end, because you get tired with it. In that same prophecy, he said, I didn't create her for you, I created her for me. She's not your secretary. This has been a proven word. But in that word, he said, I've created her for me, and she will get on the plane with you. Go visit your prophecies. Find out what you have called rest, and it was rebellion. That was a good word, by the way. You hit it four times, and now you've done it publicly. Is it rest or rebellion? Susie and I are, are actually, that particular prophecy, we are in the best place we've ever been. And we are thoroughbreds running in the same direction. But a thoroughbred is born to run. What have I turned my back on? God said, I'd rather see see you crack a smile than your butt crack. This is the only thing you're going to remember the whole day was that right there. You know, Ryan, Ryan preached his heart out and I'll get all the credit. <laughs> I mean, we're blessed today. Listen, I'm, I'm happy for the blessing. How many were challenged? I mean, if, if, how are you going to take the challenge and, and, and grab a hold of what was the promise? Okay? Now, uh, we're going to take a Pentecostal nap today. And we're going to be back at 5 for prayer and 6 for Ryan. Um, bring, bring some people. You know, bring some fresh meat. We'll turn him loose. But just kind of, I mean, revisit some of your old promises and, and, you know, repent if necessary. And say, Lord, Lord, I believe. I believe. I believe. Stand to your feet. Father, I thank you. I thank you for today. I thank you for 
the prophetic gift that entered the room through Ryan, but Lord, I thank you for Ryan himself. I thank you for the yielded vessel. I thank you for the passion that you put in him. I thank you for the prophetic declarations and the promises. But Lord, he's a mere smidgen of a prophet in comparison to you. So I'm asking you to speak to every individual. Let the word of God come from the Holy Spirit himself. Find that seedbed of faith that will cultivate a culture in our heart that will not just respond from being stimulated, but actually look to be impregnated with your promise. The season of the church being stimulated is over. It needs to be impregnated with the promises of God and birth the very things that He told us to birth. I command the dormant healings to come forth. I command the prophetic words and the, and the dormant uh, uh, prosperity that we've turned our back on to emerge now in Jesus' name. I break every hindering spirit of doubt and unbelief that keeps us from believing in the fulfillment that you're supernatural and you're God and you're a good God. I break every disqualifying thought that every individual is wrestling with. Right now, I break its power. You said you would not share your glory with none other. I'm not a none other. Share your glory with me. Because I've earned it by walking in your nature, walking in your character as your son. Let me go through the process. Let everyone go through the process of being molded and shaped into your image, God. That we can carry your glory. And it will now become an, an attractant for a world that is hungry for the supernatural love of God. I release the former and the latter rain into the hearts of every individual that in their midnight dreams, the seeds that have been dormant, the promises that have been ignored, will finish the death process and they will crack forth and grow root in the heart of your people. And we will anticipate the harvest of grace, love, and mercy. The kingdom of God is at hand. Reach out your hand and grab it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church. To know more about us, go to identitychurch.net where you'll find resources such as a calendar, media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. 
Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages, read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church.